may be seated today in the presence of the Lord. November is the month of thanksgiving, giving thanks. Many people take this month to remember the things that God has done for them, the things they're thankful for. And uh, I don't think that's a bad idea more than just a day of on the calendar where that we eat way too much food and either watch a ball game or sleep. But a time to remember how good we have it. You know, sometimes, the, isn't it true that the bad seems like it hangs around longer in your mind than the good? That God's faithfulness, his goodness seems to be removed so quickly and the enemy's attacks seem to stay in our minds and ponder so long. But I'm sure today that it's true for everyone that is here that if we take time and look at the good versus the bad, the victories versus the defeat, the blessing versus the cursing, that the good will always outweigh the bad. The blessing will always outweigh the curse because The Bible teaches us where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. And so there is a blessing for us today in remembering the goodness of God, remembering the faithfulness of God. Amen. And so we're in that time of thanksgiving. And today I want to start a series on the art of giving, the art of giving. As I look back over our records and we looked at our messages, it's been about three years since I've talked about stewardship. And uh, I want to look at this in this month and kind of personalize it to where we are and what God desires for us to be and what he desires to do for us. Because I don't know about you, but whenever I was growing up, I always wanted to know the why. Why? And I didn't like it whenever I was told because I said so. That didn't answer the why for me. It just told me I needed to do a thing, but it didn't tell me why I needed to do a thing. But I'm thankful today that, that God isn't that way. He gives us the why. Amen? And I didn't want to know just, you know, why, you know, you got to give because I've heard people say, well, because, you know, if you don't give, you're going to hell. Well, um, you know, scare tactics can only last for so long. But if you know the blessing of giving, not just in money, but your time, your talent, your treasures, when you know the blessing of giving and how that it opens up your life, you know the why, It isn't something you have to do. It's something you want to do. So why be a good steward if 
you are a tither, you have certain rights and privileges that will work in your life that can't happen any other way. I believe that all the tithe of the land belongs to God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So when you bring God what is his, he uses it as an opportunity to bring blessing into your life. He said, bring him what is his, and then he will bless what is in your hand. He will bless those things that that you have in your life. The book of Malachi is sometimes looked at as the book of tithes. But if you read the book of Malachi in its entirety, it's not about money at all. It is about worship. It is about worship. And Malachi discusses the distinction, blessings that come to the person that chooses to worship God in their giving, being obedient in their tithe and in their offerings. He said that I'm going to cause blessings to come into your life. And so that's the reason that I want to look at this today. When you tithe, you enter into a covenant with Jesus Christ. And when you enter into this covenant, it begins to establish his kingdom in your life and here on earth. And so the reason that I am a tither is because I want to be in covenant with God. And I want to establish his kingdom here in the earth. I believe that being in covenant with God is a great privilege. And I believe that it desire to, to have a desire to establish his kingdom here in the earth. Amen. He taught his disciples to pray and he said, you pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. And as we do his will, I will be done by bringing him what is his. Then and only then will his kingdom come into the earth. His kingdom will be established. So the first thing that we need to know is this, that this kingdom of God, we come into covenant with it whenever we come into being a tither. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 20 said, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus having become high priest forever according to the order of, of Melchizedek where the forerunner has entered for us even Jesus having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek so God all has always had a plan to bless and to prosper and provide for his people can you say amen his word makes it clear from the beginning to the end, that he has a plan to bless you. Tell your neighbor, God wants me blessed. Amen. The church has the keys to the kingdom. Many of God's people never find the key to blessing, to the key to abundance.
The key to abundant life is revealed when we begin to examine this order of Melchizedek. Most Christians have heard that Jesus is our high priest, but many do not understand that he, his priesthood was a pattern after someone who was before him. That someone was Melchizedek, right? Let's read it together in Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. Genesis 14, it begins and it said, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. As you study Melchizedek, you will see embodied the same attributes and the same function or role that Jesus will later fulfill. Melchizedek was king. Jesus was king of kings. Melchizedek was a priest. Jesus is our high priest. Melchizedek was a prophet, right? And he was the first, uh, first to offer prophetic blessing to Abram or Abraham. And so here what we see is this. We see where Melchizedek is mentioned, God is revealing a pattern or an order that is going to be established from the beginning of time even rolling down and bringing to 2016 till he comes. And God is drawing a parallel to the ministry of Jesus that is coming. He gives a shadow, a picture, or a type. So what does it mean to be after the order of someone? If I'm going to give you a principle after the order of Mr. Smith, then I must understand the way or the order of Mr. Smith. If I taught you a principle after the order of Mr. Jones, the same uh, thing happens. I've got to understand Mr. Jones's way. But what I cannot do is say that I'm going to do something after the order of Mr. Smith, but do it Mr. Jones's way. And scripture teaches that Jesus is the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And so we must decide whether we're going to operate after the order of Melchizedek or, and, and do that or if we're going to operate under our own order. Amen. Jesus is, isn't the high priest after my order. He's not the high priest after the church's order. He is the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. The order of Melchizedek combines the roles of prophet, priest, and king and sets forth a a, a set of principles that when we uh, see them, then we see the blessing that comes to us. A system of blessing that God desires to bless his people. 
knowing and operating in the principles of the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom, is going to bring the abundance of the kingdom into our life. So what did Melchizedek do? In Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 4 and 5, it said, Now consider how great this man was, to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And indeed, those who are the sons of Levi, who receive the priesthood, have commanded to receive tithes from the people according to the law. That is, from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. So what did he do? Melchizedek received tithes as a priest of the Most High God. Under the law, the sons of Levi, the priest, had been commanded from God that they receive the tithe of the people. People brought the tithe to support the priesthood. Are you with me? They brought the tithe to support the priesthood, but they brought the sacrificial offering to, to sanctify or to take away their sins. That was the system of righteousness or the system of staying in right standings with God. But when we look here, we see that in the new covenant, Jesus became the sacrificial lamb, amen, who took away the sins of the world. And so today we no longer bring a a sacrifice to do away with our sins. Jesus did that. So you don't bring tithe and you don't bring offerings to the Lord for that purpose any longer. But Melchizedek received tithe from Abraham 400 years before the law. So the tithe precedes and supersedes the institution of a legal code. Amen. Abraham brought tithe to Melchizedek and Melchizedek blessed him. Glory to God. When you today, as a New Testament believer, bring tithe to the house of God, when those tithe are received here, Jesus, our high priest, receives them and blesses you. Amen. Melchizedek ruled as king. The king owns the kingdom. Amen. And when you acknowledge Jesus with your tithe, you acknowledge that he is the king who owns everything. You see, we, we want him to be involved whenever, whenever things are bad. But when things are good, we don't want to acknowledge it belongs to him. But everything belongs to him. We, we are owners of nothing and stewards of everything. In fact, the first job that was ever given to man was to be a steward. Huh? And therefore, how we steward someone else's stuff will determine how much is, begive, is God will be able to give to us. If we are not willing to steward someone else's things wisely, then God will not give to us to have. 
Amen. I, I, whenever I was growing up, I worked all the time on the farm. I worked at home and then I would work on farms around the house. And one day we was going to bale some hay at another uh, a farm and I was working for a man. And so I, he was, had one tractor, I had his other tractor and he was getting it down the road. So I kicked the other tractor in gear to keep up with him. And whenever we got to the hay field, he gave me a fairly good thrashing. Not with a switch, but with words. He, he looked at me and said, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean, what am I doing? He said, you come flying down the road with that tractor. I said, I was just trying to keep up with you. He said, yeah, but that's my tractor. I can drive it the way I want to. But he said, you don't be driving my tractor like that. I said, okay, yes, sir, I've got you. I'll be five minutes later than you next time. I didn't tell him that. But how, how, you, how you take care of someone else's stuff, how you steward another person's things will determine what God is able to give you to steward in your life. Melchizedek, when we see him as prophet, he brought out bread and wine and prophetically blessed Abraham, right? The blessing doesn't stop here. It, the Bible said it lasts forever. You, you are the priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And so this order of blessing doesn't just start and then for a period of time, but it lasts forever. Now, Hebrews 7 and verse 1, it said, Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High, who met Abraham returning from a slaughter of the kings, blessed him, to whom also Abraham uh, gave a tenth of all the spoil, the first being translated king of righteousness and then also king of Salem, meaning the king of peace, without without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. So what does your high priest do? Number one, Jesus, the high priest, receives tithes. Verse 8, he said, Here, Mortal men receive tithe, but there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. When you bring your tithe into the storehouse, the local church, you bring it to a pastor and he receives it. That's what we do when we receive the tithe and the offerings. When it is received here, Jesus receives it in heaven. And that, my friend, unlocks the blessing upon your life. Amen. For the blessing to flow, you must have the high priest with the key. Jesus is our high priest. God chose him. We didn't choose him. Amen. And when we show up with the tithe... The blessings come. If Abraham had have stayed home with his tithe, then Melchizedek would have kept his blessing. Amen. But you cannot remove the act of tithing from the New Testament. 
Some people say whenever they uh, don't want to give, they say, well, that's, that's an Old Testament covenant. No, it was 400 years before the law. And we see it in the New Testament. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29, he said, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. What did Abraham do? He paid tithe to Melchizedek. Amen. And so it connects us to the tithe. It connects us to what we are to do because we are of the seed of Abraham. So how does all of this apply to you and me? If you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, right? Being in Christ, you are a New Testament believer. And in this covenant, you have a high priest, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. There is a tithe covenant and the tithe covenant is the key that unlocks the door to the things that God wants and desires to pour into your life. Tithing is not a money issue. Tithing is a heart issue. Amen. I'm going to say that again. Tithing is not a money issue. Tithing is a heart issue. I remember I was a young boy sitting on the front row of our church. I always sat on the front row because I was nosy and I wanted to see what God would do. And I would sit there and I would watch people and and I learned a lot sitting on that front row. I, I learned how to cast out devils sitting on that front row. I learned how to pray for the sick sitting on that front row. I seen miracles take place. I seen blind eyes open. I seen deaf ears unstopped. I seen the miraculous sitting on that front row. And I, I watched and, and I watched a young boy as he come at one time and he was asking prayer. He said, Pastor, I, I need a job. I need a job. And he said, are you going to be faithful in, in uh, being a steward of the house of God? Yes, sir. And he got a little old job. It didn't pay much. But he was faithful, I guess, you know, from what I could gather sitting on that front row. He was faithful in that little bit. But uh, he got promoted and he got another job and he got promoted on it. And now he, he comes and he's, he's, pray, he's wanting the pastor to pray because he says, I'm making too much money to tithe. And so pastor said, okay, I can fix that. And he prays for him. And he says, oh, Lord, let him lose this job and go back to his first. No, 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 he said. He said, I don't want to do that. He said, well, if you're too blessed to tithe, then you need to go back to the level in which you are able to be faithful with. Amen. Wouldn't you like for him to be your pastor? But he told the truth, huh? A lot of people act like, they, well, they're too, they're, they don't. But let me tell you something. You can't buy the blessings of God. You can't buy the faithfulness of God. And my little bit that I give to the Lord is far outweighs the blessings that come into my life. His kingdom is being advanced because we're faithful in kingdom work and saying we're going to be good stewards of what God. And because somebody else gave their tithe, I was able to hear the gospel. My life was changed. So I don't think that that whatever God blesses us with, it's far too much to pay tithe on. Amen. It's quiet here today. Tithing is a heart issue. Amen. It doesn't matter 
It's, it's better to you than the government. Huh? Because what the government does is it takes it out before you get it. And then does whatever they want to with it. But God said just be faithful in a tenth. Imagine that. The person who makes $10 a week and the person who makes 10000 a week gives the same. Gives the same. And that's what God asks of us. Just be faithful. Be a steward. Be the art of a giver. You know, in our society today, everything is against this, isn't it? Everything teaches us to be a taker and not a giver. But it's my desire in my life that I always give more than I take. In relationship, wherever I'm at, whatever, if, I, if I'm no longer in relationship with, with Brother Joe over here, I want there to be a vacuum in that, his life because I'm not there anymore. I don't want it to be, oh, thank God he's gone. Huh? I want it to be that I'm such a blessing that there's a vacuum if I'm not there any longer. Are you with me? In the kingdom of God, I want there to be a vacuum if I'm not here any longer. Come on, somebody. Amen. Tithing unlocks the gate to set you on course for becoming more than you have been before. It sets you on course for what God wants to do in your life. When you come into obedience and order with God's principles, when you begin to walk in a prosper in alignment and a proper alignment with God's word, then the peace of God, the, sac, uh, the, the, the blessing of God in this, is going to come into your heart and into your life. I'd like to be around people that are excited about bringing to the Lord what is his, don't you? I like to be around people that love to give. Have, it don't take long in this, in this culture to find out who's a giver. Amen. Because some folks, you, you know, I ain't going to call no names, but some of my friends, anytime we go out to eat, they done left their wallet at the house. Well, I ain't got no friends like that. I see, I see. I love to be able to more than just food or any of those kind of things, but just be a blessing, an unexpected blessing. Thank you. Because it's exciting to be around people that love to show generosity. Amen. I'm not talking about just money. I'm not talking about looking for somebody just to give you, you know, give you a check or give you money. I'm talking about that just the, the generosity, a spirit of generosity that says we want to be a blessing because God is a blessing. That's the kind of folks that we have around here. Because if we didn't have those kind of folks around here, we would never be able to fulfill the mission and the purpose for God which God has created us. But I also know that there are people that miss out on it. Amen. Jesus himself understood this key. In Luke chapter 11 and verse 42, he was speaking 
to the Pharisees. And he said, you tithe mint and rue and herbs, but pass up justice and love for, of God. He said, these ought to have, have been done without leaving the others undone. And then he ties that in in Romans chapter 2 and verse 22, Paul makes reference to tithing and he talks about robbing uh, the temples. And then in the margin of your Bible in reference, it will refer you back to Malachi chapter 3 and 8. This implies that he made a decision that your money is an idol. If your money is an idol and you decide the money is more important than my relationship with the king, then you will get what money can do for you. But whenever we fall in love with the king and we bring to the king that which is his, not only do we get what money can do, but we get what the king can do. And how many know that the king has access to everything in the kingdom? Glory to God. Amen. And so if we worship money and and, are not obedient to God, then we only get what money can give you. See, money is good to have. Amen. I like having money. And if you don't either, come let me pray for you and I'll ask God to touch your mind. Amen. Because the Bible said money answers all things. It's in your Bible too. We need money. I, I have been in both places. I've been in a place where I didn't have enough to pay my bills. And I've had a, been in a place where I had more than enough to pay my bills. And I can tell you today, I like being in a place where I have more than enough than having lack. Amen. But I want to say to you today that it isn't the end of a thing. It is just what we need to be in this earth, right? It's the currency of the earth, but faith is the currency of heaven. And whenever we operate in a faith realm, then we get connected to the king and we give him what belongs to his, the tithe, the tenth, the tenth, the first ten percent. Amen. And we give it to him and he blesses us with unmeasurable blessings. So let me close here this morning with this. You don't tithe because to be a Christian. You tithe because you are one. You're a Christian because of the finished work of Calvary, not because you have given your tithe. God is not for sale. You can't buy him. Can I pastor just a minute? It isn't as bad as it used to be because if you go back a few years, I preached a message about the abundance in the father's house and I told you during that message it may be recorded somewhere but I told you in that message that the famine was coming to America and it did we've seen the collapse of it in 08 and 09 and 010 and you go back and you will see that a lot of these televangelists went off of the air and I told you that during that time that the difference between uh, the father 
and, and the one that is not the father is the father has enough in his house during the time of famine. Does anybody remember me preaching on that? Amen. Two of you. Right. And many of them went off of the air. There's a few left on today. But those who did not have a fatherly anointing left the airwaves during that time of recession. What I'm saying to you is this. They, they would get on there, and, and you know it better than I do, but they get on there and, and say, send me $1,000, and I'll send you this bottle of water. And if you'll drink this water, everything will be healed. And during that time, you could get everything you needed to take a bath. They were selling water. They were selling soap. They were selling towels. Come on, somebody. You know it's the truth. They were selling everything for $1,000. And if you give $1,000 and Mercedes are going to be in your driveway, and you give $1,000 and a house is going to... Huh? And you can't make that kind of promise to nobody unless you know they're first a tither. I believe in seed time and harvest. But you can give me everything that's in your bank account. But if you're not a tither, it is, it's going to be meaningless. Amen. Because tithing is what connects us to the kingdom of God. It's the covenant that is made with God. Now, as I give, because until I've given the first 10%, I've never tithed. And so I can't give an offering until I give that first 10%. You cannot call your tithe 20% of your income. Neither can you call 8% of your income tithe. Tithe is a tenth, and it's the first tenth. Anything over a tenth becomes an offering. Amen? And you cannot buy the blessings of God. You can't be sending, you can't give me a million dollars. You know, I'd be glad to have it if you, you know, got any extra. But a million dollars, you can give it to whoever. Are you hearing me? And you're not going to buy the blessings of God. It's foolishness. And somehow we've got bought into all of this foolishness that's going on. But God said, you bring to me into the storehouse and I will. And we'll talk about that in the next couple of weeks. The five blessings that God pronounces upon the tither that you can't get anywhere else. Where is the storehouse? It's where you get fed. It's not TBN. It's not Daystar. Amen. It's none of those places. If you want to give an offering to them, that's fine. That's your business. W.H. Hoover was a great man of God. I love going by and just listen to him. He was a walking Bible. And I love it. Any time that I was by that way, I would stop in and just sit at his feet and listen to that great man of God speak. And one day I was with him and, and uh, he... Uh, ran into a fellow that was part of his church and, and um, he's told him, he said, oh, brother, he said, brother Hoover, I said, I, I'm so sorry. He said, I wish I'd have seen you yesterday. He said, I just sent my tithe and he called some televangelist name and uh, brother Hoover and his great wisdom, he said, that's okay. He said, call him when you go to the hospital and see if he shows up. 
The storehouse is where we're fed. It's where we come to fellowship and receive from the things of God. And so, people say, well, God's not concerned about money. Money is an issue of the heart. You don't think that God is concerned about money. He said that he watched when the offering plate was passed in the church. He said, this little lady right here gave more than all of you. Huh? It was just a mite. I don't know what that is in this time in society, what that amount is. I don't know what everyone else gave, but it was the smallest insignificant amount of money peace in that time but she gave it because it was all that she had you don't think he's concerned about money next time you run into Ananias and Sapphira ask him what he thinks about it amen keep the grace and the mercy of God in operation in your life how do you do that by being faithful and being obedient. I'm about to close here today. Be faithful and obedient. Walk in love. Walk in grace. Walk in the mercy. Walk in the act of obedience. Amen? Tithing is an act of faith and obedience that brings the blessing into our lives. When Abraham honored God by bringing his tithe to the high priest he activated the blessing of God not only in his life but the generations to come and he desires for you and I to inherit that blessing today amen I want you to have that blessing over your life I want everybody in this house to be so blessed as they used to say just be blessed out of your socks Amen. Just be blessed everywhere you turn. Because God wants you blessed. Amen. God wants me to be blessed. He wants me to have more than enough. But nobody believes me. Thank you. Amen. You've heard me say it before. I'm going to say it again. Being blessed is more than just paying your bills. Being blessed is being able to take care of all of your needs. Be able to bless the kingdom of God and then be a blessing to somebody else. That's being blessed. And that's what God wants us to be. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm thankful today that we can give to his kingdom and to his work. Aren't you? I want others to know about this blessing. I want others to know about the goodness of God. 